0: So no welcome to the latest fearless in devotion, uh, sponsored, of course, by the Fat Boar, our favourite. Um, what's another word for a pig, Tim? The beast. A favourite beast-related restaurant on the near the Beast Market. Yeah, that was that was the segue I was looking for. The exactly. old Beast Market, which is now a, I don't know, a mecca bingo. Um, right before we get on to a small matter of probably Wrexham's biggest game of the season, they've had a few, uh, well, they've had a few, they've had a travel, haven't they? They've they've uh, they've put the miles in, Tim, over the last uh, couple of days. You saw both of them. Uh, firstly, how was the streaming?
1: Uh, hit and miss, and we all know why. Uh, so, hit being, there wasn't really any issues with Maidstone in the sense that I was lucky enough to be uh, included in, in a watch party from Michael Starkey, the Alabama Red, because obviously no. we couldn't view it, we couldn't view it over it. It could be unless you've got a VPN or whatever yeah. that is. Um, so we managed to get past that sort of visual paywall or whatever it might be, and a few of us watched it. It was kind of odd and surreal, but yeah, decent decent uh, game and the streaming was fine. But then we came to a, you know, very important game the other night at gatehead chance to go top and uh, all set up, paid the money like everybody else, you know, £9.50 into the coffers, the swelling coffers of the Vanarama and bloody shitty league. Just don't like it. And then lo and behold, um, it says that you don't, you don't have the, the correct subscriptions and it was over and over and over again. Missed the first 13 minutes um, fuming, fuming. The the, the amount of fume coming out of people's ears and eyes was unbelievable. There was people emailing the National League saying, why can't I access it? I've paid for this. And some woman called Susan something scrotum. It definitely sounds like scrotum. I can't remember what it was. Susan scrotum? It It was Susan Billy scrotum. Uh, I don't know, it sounded like scrotum, but it, it was a double barrel surname that sounded similar to scrotum.
0: I'll dig it out. Um, well, she won't be helping you anymore.
1: Well, it wasn't me. I didn't email, email her, but other people did. And she, she gave the wonderful advice of,
0: yeah. Turn so, it off and back on again? Yeah,
1: really sorry for the inconvenience. Um, try refreshing. Like, <laughs> like, like, nobody knows that's the first thing you do. So, yeah. so that was a bit annoying, but then we didn't really miss much. So, you know, if we if we'd have knocked a couple of goals in by eight o'clock, I would have been even more livid. But, you know, teething problems, it is what it is. There's probably a hell of a lot of people trying to trying to view that match last night and maybe their servers or whatever just couldn't cope with it. But, you know, streaming or not streaming, six points on top of the league. Thank you.
0: You know what? It's it's both, It's either side of the country, isn't it? You know, it must be hard for those players to go down to Maidstone, be away from their families, come back. You've probably got a day uh, up in Wrexham and then you, you're on the road again. So... I was hopeful of getting four points, maybe having a little gap between us and County who didn't play. But to take the six points, that's that's championship. That's promotion winning form that. And one thing I think that was certainly I, I really thought we had in, you know, in, for a large part of both games was control in midfield. And I think I think that's because Tom O'Connor is really starting to come in come into his own now and I think it, certainly in the parts of Gateshead I was allowed to watch after Mrs. Scrotum sorted it out. I <laughs> he, he he really impressed me. Was there anyone else in Gateshead in particular who you really thought Sean?
1: I mean the of thing was interesting I spoke to uh, Tom Lewis Tommy Cowes of Daily Post fame last night and he said that he was playing the, the sort of role that Luke Young tends to play and he's right and We've got that option there now. I just, you know, O'Connor. Ever since he shed that cast on his wrist, has been a different player. Bless him. He's been great, really good. Um, and yeah, I, I thought Elliot Lee had shone in moments. He, he sort of didn't quite get up to speed the first half, but then not many of them did. And they, he, he really showed what he can do. Got that shot away that Palmer Peter pings in. And I think I think it was just work rate. Again, it's, it's the obvious, it's, it's always the, the usual suspects, isn't it? Hayden has a great game. Tony Cliff has a great, great game. Uh, everything at the moment is just ticking over quite nicely. You're, it's only, you're almost inclined to say, well, who didn't have a good game? Because that's where we're at. at the, moment. the standards have, have shot up that high. And as a result of doing that, they're setting the standards amongst themselves. And when they set the standards amongst themselves, there's there's no letting up, there's no drop-off because we know there are players on the periphery that go, if you don't play well, I'm gonna step in and look what happened at Coventry. You know, made several changes, still won. So I think they're not treading like eggshells, that's the wrong word, but I think they're really reveling in in the, the fact that they've got serious competition now. So yeah, really, really exciting. Um top Wild times, it wasn't a 3
0: 0 win by any stretch of the imagination, but you will take it. No, open. no, I, I knew it would take them a while to get into the game. I thought with that amount of traveling, it would they wouldn't be up and at them straight away. But the good thing is, they weathered the storm that they needed to, and slowly and slowly they took control of it. And towards the end, they were picking off Gateshead, yeah, willie, really, you know, as and when they needed to. Uh, what, what more superlatives can we say about about Mullin? I was watching him quite closely last night, and fair play, he was a constant pest, wasn't he? Running down everything, he looked really pacey last night. He looked like he had bags of energy, even though he'd, you know, come off a long trip down south.
1: He's just a clever player. I mean, so, some of the fouls he he elicits are not always fouls. Let's be honest and um, and that's not calling him a cheat that's calling him a clever player you know if you if you go in with somebody who who's got the sort of exploding pace that he has then you're always going to run the risk of of of, of getting a foul so i just think sometimes he he knows how to sort of push his body weight towards the ground shall we say in a certain fashion <laughs> and i think i think he genuinely he knows where the positions of the referees are. I genuinely do. I think it's madness, but I think his vision is that good that he goes like, right, where is he now? Is, he, is there a player in between him and me? Is he going to see this? Is he going to see that? I genuinely think he's just a general, all-round, very clever player, much more than just work rate, much more than just his goals. He's just, he's just relentless, isn't he? Like you said, he's a pest, and, and his, his energy levels, i oh, I mean, what can you say about his energy levels? It, it doesn't—they don't drop, they don't drop. It, it's just non-stop, like bunny rabbit kind of stuff, you know, endlessly. It's just mad. But yeah, I mean, another good finish from the really good finish and twenty league goals for the season—not bad. I don't know how many he's got already. Total, scored, yeah. scored, scored, scored in all the FA Cup games. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. He's got he was, what's he on in total? Twenty-six.
0: I don't know offhand. I think I think the actual technical term is a shitload.
1: Yeah, that sounds that sounds fair. That sounds about right. Um, shitload, Paul Mullin to so the super. Yeah. They should change it.
0: We're relentless at the moment. Um, Mullin's relentless. And we're taking that that form into the FA Cup, and we've got not one but two guests for you this week to to preview that big game. The first up is Jimmy the Blade. Jimmy, are you an East End villain?
2: <laughs> I might as well be at this point, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I may be playing the villain on this podcast anyway. Oh no, team. no, we're, we're all a friendly bunch. We're all friendly bunch. I'm safe. That's all right then.
0: The good thing about Sheffield United is they're bang out of form, aren't they?
2: They're, they're... <laughs> as <laughs> they are yourselves. <laughs> yeah, as are yourselves, lads. So, yeah, looking forward to it, actually. It's uh, it's an interesting uh, tie, isn't it? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh,
1: so, James, you do is it Blades Review, isn't it? Or, the Blades or... Ramble. Blade yeah. Ramble, it's 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 a, yeah. Close. Fairly new, Blade, new YouTube. Reece, Reece, <laughs> Reece, 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 Reece is not on here because he's working and Liam's tied up as well Reece will edit, edit it and it'll, we'll sure it will make sure so the blades ramble, there That's we right. are on yeah. YouTube, fairly new I did, I just stumbled across it the other week when I saw your video about, about the draw um, yeah. fairly confident and every right to be um, as are we in a weird,
2: weird Absolutely. Way. Um, absolutely
1: And I I was thinking, well, it it, it could end up being second in the championship versus second in the national league. Looks like it's going to be second in the championship versus top in the national league, unless unless Halifax roll over and and have their bellies tickled on Saturday, which we hope does not happen. So, I mean, so yeah, just just give us before we sort of delve into into Sunday on what we expect from both teams and so on and so forth. Give us an overview of you know, a sort of brief kind of up to speed of where we're at with Sheffield United because absolutely flying. Massive gap between you and third place. And it's going to take an uh, a certain almighty fuck up. Don't, don't, don't say it. It. We're <laughs> not
2: allowed to say it out loud. We can't say it. So yeah, I'll, just a very quick whistle stop. So you may have seen things circulate about when we got on our, our real role, which were under Chris Wilder in League One. Won that league with hundred points, then consolidated in the championship. And the following season, eighteen nineteen, went up after a really back and forth, ding dong battle with Leeds. Um, fantastic season, and and that roller coaster under Wilder. We finished ninth or tenth, I think it went in end in our first season back in the Premier League. And then the season before last, the COVID season, we were absolutely terrible. A lot of fans blamed that on COVID and no fans, but obviously we're all in the same boat. Um, we just We lost Jack O'Connell, our left centre-half who was pivotal to how we play and Wilder left under controversial circumstances. And Heckingbottom actually had a a stint as caretaker manager because he was like an interim manager, if you like, because he was our under-23s manager at the time and doing a great job of developing the youngsters. But because he wasn't a glamour name and, you know, we probably got a little bit too big for our boots, even as a fan base, when we got relegated and it were all confirmed, we appointed... Slavy Zakanovich at the start of last season. And he was, while he was a fantastic name, it, having two promotions from the championship, he, um his style of play just did not fit with us at all. We didn't we've got a set group of players that play a certain way. And it's it's the way we're known to play now. Chris Wilder moulded that over his five years with us. So when it didn't work for Slav, hecky he got the job. Um I think he'd have been quite underwhelming, to be fair, if he'd have been uh, an appointment straight after Wilder, but because we'd been through such a terrible time with Slav, n- no fault of Slav, it just wasn't a, a, a good mesh, to be fair. It wasn't, although we were all happy with the appointment at the time. So Eki came in and we went on an unbelievable run, and it, we were only beaten by Forrest, who went on that one run a little bit, that better sort of level up on what we were doing, actually. And if you saw the playoff games, you'll see how close it was and how close we came to getting back. and. Credit to the chairman this season. is obviously we've lost, we've taken a hit on the parachute payments. We'd only sold Aaron Ramsdale to Arsenal for a profit, but we're supposed to be selling players now at this stage in the second season and sort of recouping some of our money back because we're, there's a huge deficit. But we're carrying that, and that's it's led to a few issues. Um, we're not renewing contracts at the rate we'd like to. Um, You know, there's rumours of players going in January. I don't think that'll happen, but obviously what it's left us with is a really strong, essentially a Premier League squad to a a large degree. We did muster some money up to get um, Anel Ahmad Hodzic, um, who's come in and replaced Christian Basham, who was an absolutely fantastic servant for the club. And if you said to any blade at the beginning of the season, we need to replace Bash, they'd have said you're daft, but it is actually an upgrade and that's no slight on Bash. Anel is a huge part of the way we play now. And it's been an unbelievable season but to date, but as Blades, and I think every club's like this to a certain degree, but we always think there's a way we can mess it up. We always think we're the unluckiest club on the on the planet. You know, we're playing some good stuff, but it, truth be told, if you ask a lot of Blades, we'd probably say we haven't really got out of third gear in most games and we're still grinding out the results. So you can either look at that as exciting, because there may well be more to come, or a bit of a concern as to if we're not going at full tilt, then you know, is, is the desire there? Is he able to get out of the team where he needs to get? But obviously the results are speaking for themselves. So far be it from me to criticise the manager. So that's the position we're in currently. Um, there's a few other complexities. We're in a bit of transfer embargo because we're going through an, well, we're in a lot of a transfer embargo. You're either in it or you're not, are you? But um, we're going through an ownership change and that's what's led to um, the the embargo. That's what we're led to believe at the moment. So... Yeah, there's a lot going on at United. I think it suits us that we've got Burnley to chase because I wouldn't want to be there to be shot at on our own. You'll probably now experience that yourselves as you top of the pile and it's different chasing to what it is being shot at, isn't it? It's sort of a different mentality you have to adopt. So
3: It is yeah, when there's one
2: automatic promotion place. trust me. And, and unbelievable. that still, I can't believe that's still being looked at because the quality is clearly there with the way that teams perform when they go up a league. And I think... It, there's talk of it being looked at, isn't there? But there always is, and it, it never happens. So you're right. It's, you, you and Knox both deserve where you're playing. You you, you know you'd both do well in League Two, I think. So, or I certainly think so. But yeah, that's a quick whistle stop of where the blades are up to at the moment, mate.
0: James, can you take us a bit closer into what's happening with, with like the ownership change? So you're owned at the moment by Prince Abdullah, is that right? Is he an that's actual right. Prince? That's the first thing. Uh, and then and then, what's his sort of plan? Because I'll be honest, if I'm looking at it and going, this team is going to go to the Premier League. Why would I sell the club before it goes to the Premier League? It doesn't yeah. really quite make sense to me.
2: Okay, I get that. Um, so he came in as a co-owner with Kevin McCabe when we were in League One and he famously bought his stake in the club for a pound um, and obviously took on a shed load of debt with that. But it's, that's the way they sort of finances worked on that deal. They then um, got into a bit of a dispute as to um, there was going to be a sole owner, basically, and they tried to buy each other out. And the Prince won that court battle with McCabe. And since then, Wilder was the masterstroke of this, and I'm a huge Chris Wilder fan, and a lot of the fan base is split now on the Prince because of how it ended with Chris Wilder. But Wilder managed it on a budget, we had no right to win that uh, or win promotion from that Championship League. If you look at the teams that were in there, there was Norwich, Aston Villa with Jack Grealish and John McGinn in the team. West Brom with a uh, Dwight Gale, who could score goals at that time, Jay Rodriguez. Derby had Harry Wilson and Mason Mount. So it was a plethora of talent in that league and we had no right to get promoted. But what we did is we sold David Brooks to Bournemouth. Didn't get all that money back in the coffers, but used what we did to buy John Egan and some of Wilder's signings. I won't go into the full extent, but we're fantastic. We've got promoted. Um, they had a fallout. We've obviously come back down. And the Prince has been, rather than selling the players, he's felt the financial burden and sort of been injecting money in himself. So the the position we're in now is kind of a sweet spot for the Prince because you can't lose. A prospective buyer is potentially uh, it's, it's more or less to the outsider. You've just said yourself, I look at that Sheffield United team and there'll be a Premier League team next season. So I'm sure that is what the, the going rate is for a prospective buyer. I don't know the details, obviously, but that's, that's the way I'm, I think the, the deal's going down. Whereas if he doesn't go through... He's likely going to be chairman or the owner, sorry, of a a Premier League team again next year. So it's a win-win for the Prince. I think that's a little bit of the thought process. I couldn't tell you honestly, Andrew, in terms of what he's thinking. It's a a business decision, clearly. He's not a Sheffield United fan. He'll try and get the best deal for him. Um, But we obviously, as fans, hope that he's putting us in in the hands of at least a a competent and hopefully wealthy potential. owner. I I don't see any Hollywood actors coming in and taking us for it that way. So... That box has
1: already been ticked.
2: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) What a ride, though, for you guys. What a ride. Yeah, it it is. Let's hope
1: it's uh, got a satisfying conclusion this season, but we'll get to (laughs) that. We'll get to that. So, I mean, just in terms of your your general reaction to, to the draw when it was made and and the sort of subsequent weeks that have passed by, has anything changed to, to how you felt about it then, or is it, is it very much as you were? You know, it's 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 a banana
2: skin, but it's one that you should realistically come through with. We, we should, we, we should, but again, so should have Coventry, and the, that's the magic of the cup, isn't it? It's these sort of... Uh, uh, you guys won't have adopted the underdog tag um, quite so much in the last couple of seasons but in the cup competitions you certainly are so I I, I love the tie when it came out personally um, and, and no disrespect it was more they were a large part of the fact that it's it's a winnable game we don't what we don't want is teams in our league like a Reading or a certainly didn't want Sheffield Wednesday because they're on a great run of form and if they turn us over then it's, it's not worth living uh, locally so um, but I, I thought it was a good tie for us because obviously, outside of your, your club, and I'm sure you recognise that Wrexham is a big talk of of football. Uh, certainly, people who are invested in the game, and it's a really interesting tie for us. It's a bit of a novelty um, to be involved in in you know in a game with yourselves and. It's interesting because I don't know how we're going to go. I mean, we may come on to what you think the teams will be, but he went quite strong against Millwall um, and I didn't think we needed to. I think I think it's an unnecessary risk when the league should be a priority, but whether he's of the mentality that we keep a winning team and we keep a winning feeling around the club, um, I still think, like you said, due to the position we're in, I think we can afford to rest some of our main players and still give you i would still be too much for you, if I'm honest. Um, but we can't discount anything just because you're four league, three leagues below us, sorry. And you know you're on a few a, a really steep upward trajectory as a club. The momentum that you've got currently, the run that you're on, the confidence that breeds. You've also obviously had um, sizable investment, which has left you with a squad of. Um, EFL players um, you can't say any other really or you may correct me lads I'm, I'm not an expert but you, you look at some of the names Mark Howard did a good job for us in League One, good keeper you know you've got and it, it was an ex-blade but Mullins the one that stands out for me in terms of he's, he's, he's your boy isn't he um, he's, he's bagging week in week out and he's to think that he's not going to come in full of confidence and want to test himself against the... Be- I mean, you did the job against Coventry, didn't you? So, I think we'd be naive and uh, to, look, to look past you. But if I'm honest, I don't think we will. I think Ekinbottom will take the game seriously. I think we'll field a strong team. Um, and I think we may, well, hope that we'll prove too much for you. But in all honesty, I don't mind if we don't. I clearly don't want to lose. I don't want to go out of the cup. But if we do... And I'm sure you you guys will probably feel the same in your own situation. The league is the priority,
1: yeah. The league I mean, is I, the priority. I, 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 Andy said earlier on, it's the biggest game of the season. I'm going to have to disagree. I mean, it's it's the biggest in terms of of uh, spectacle, you know, yes. in terms of opportunity and what it presents. But like you, like I said, you've got you've got a, a finishing line to get over, as have we. And there's still plenty right. of football to be played. But I suppose in terms of of, of whether your manager goes strong. I suppose I don't like
0: him for various well, he reasons. I think
1: you, Tim. Yeah, I don't give a shit. And, and, and you know, I, I think him him versus Hayden is proper clash of the titans. I think that'll
2: be very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think we will go strong, McBurney. I assume the the dislike comes from the Swansea connection. Is is obviously no, got Chester
0: it. Right, and oh, and okay. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm stamping on fans' heads.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, he's never good. Proven not guilty in court. Yeah. Proven not. He's a. He's one of those. Uh, well, you call him a, an S out, wouldn't you? In terms of a player, one of those that when he's he's for you and he's on your side, you love him. But he's a wind up merchant, and there's no getting away from that. We played uh, Hull last Friday. He were on for five minutes because he's recovering from injury, so he's just coming back, which is why I don't think he'll play a full game um, at the weekend. But five minutes in. One of their lads is is sent off for attempting to headbutt McBurney because he wound <laughs> him up. We just put at a free kick and he's he's off after five minutes. So yeah, he, he loves a a tussle. I think he'll he'll really want to be involved in terms of whether it's a battle with Hayden or anybody else. Really, um, he's he's always in the mix and it gies everybody up. it gets crowd involved. The two men you should be looking out for, and obviously they they stand out for their own reasons, but Illiman and die, who is linked with a move to Everton currently. I don't think he'll go in this window, but he'll have 12 months to run in the summer. He is a superstar, an absolute superstar. He will he'll play in the Premier League either with us or without us next year. And the other one is Ollie Norwood. Ollie Norwood makes us tick as a team. He's like the quarterback of our side, essentially. He's able, we switch all our play through him from left to right, right to left. He's he's we, we call it his ping, he puts here on a sixpence and he can find the, the on-rushing wing-back or overlapping, we don't have much do overlapping centre-halves so much these days but the wing-backs hug the line quite a lot and like to get to the byline. he often finds those with, with a diag, just there are two main boys and if it were up to me, neither would play if I'm honest and we'll take our chances without them because I want to wrap them in cotton wool for the league but they yeah. played against Millwall, and I think, I think they may well. You'll see some of them. I think on some part of the them on uh, Sunday. There we are. If I'm a betting man, I mean, I mean, let's let's get to the uh,
1: predictions. I guess It'd be rude, be rude not to, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I think <laughs> it's fascinating. I genuinely do because it, again it'll give us a barometer of, of where we feel the squads at. I think Coventry yeah. was was a, a good. Put down a marker, um, but I think I think you guys are a different different fish entirely, really. You know, just it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I don't know. I've got this nagging feeling it's going to be it's going to be decided by some sort of controversial refereeing decision, and whether whether
2: McBurney has anything to play in that. I don't. know <laughs> <laughs> could do. Could do to be fair. I have had a couple of comments on on the video I did on the after we'd got the draw. And a couple of people were saying they feel like you've got a championship squad. I mean, that may be ambitious, but where would you pitch them in terms of of quality? Would you say you're uh, top-end League 2? Would you say uh, you mid-League league one, 1 championship yeah. even? Yeah. League 1? That's
0: a League 1 squad. And when you've got players that the quality that we've got, yes, they should be too good for the conference. But on their day they can go, go toe-to-toe with a championship side. And we yes. proved that at Coventry. Now, That's Coventry cool. rested a few. And, you know, we were 4-1 up in that game, down to 10, and they were down to 10 men. Obviously, they came back. But we showed that these players have, have the ability in the one-off game where the spotlight is on them that they can overperform. And certainly yeah. overperform from com- from conference players. I- I'm really interested in this. Um, I'm going to go first with my prediction. I think you guys will beat us, but I think it will be close. I can see it being two-one. I can see you guys taking the lead. We'll equalise, and then I think you'll finish us off quite late. And maybe Tim's right. Maybe there will be quite a a controversial sort of incident, but I think that's what the BBC want, don't they? They want, that they're, they're sniffing a giant killing or some sort of big game that they can really get their teeth into. And as you said earlier, you know, with our sort of Hollywood ownership, it's it's become quite, well, it's a huge ticket, Wrexham at the moment. And you've yes, yes. got a part of that. But saying that, looking at your squad, looking how professional you guys are, I think you'll just have a little bit too much for us on, in the end.
2: That's, that's a great description in terms of being professional because that's what we did to Millwall. It, it wasn't a, a jaw-dropping performance. We weren't flashy. We were just very effective and professional. That's, I think that's how I describe it myself. Um, I, I agree. I think it'll be closer than I would like, if I'm honest. Um, I think a lot of the, the general vibe from, from us Blades is that we should do a job on you and the way that we're playing... We, we're more confident than we usually would be. We also would give you the respect to say that we know um, it's a matter of time before you, you start climbing the leagues and that the run that you're on currently um, can't be sniffed at. The confidence that brings and like you say, the, these big game players and sort of play up to the occasion. You did it against Coventry. I'm expecting a really tough game. I think though, our squad depth will shine through. I think we'll go strong in a starting lineup, and, and obviously whether a couple of youngsters play their part, that, which would be my wish. But I think Jebbison might, might play. See Breeze on a bit of a scoring run at the minute. So I think we may have a little bit too much for you, but I'm going to go for a, an awkward uh, nervy from our perspective. 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Wow, the goals mm, are going as to well. flow.
1: Literally so. the, the exact same scoreline I had in my head. No, no way. For Sheffield United, I, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 it's there's no way that that's going to be goalless. Just no way. No, um, so again, it's going to take something special to steamroll the us. So I don't think that's going to be. I don't think that's that's on the agenda. So you know, when Co- when Coventry came out in my in my infinite wisdom and probably slight. <laughs> optimism i was like oh, winnable that winnable i don't know why i just thought it was <laughs> this one And the more i looked into it i thought Phew. you know when, when I, hadn't, I hadn't looked at the championship championship table for a, for quite a while so when i saw you where you were and i yeah. saw the gap i was like Oof. essentially playing you know premier league team in waiting i know you don't want to say it but it's pretty <laughs> much not far off you can say it, I can yeah I, I just think with that with that in mind, you have to be realistic and and while, while we're always very you know positive and favorable of and getting results you know and Andy talked of wanting a glorious failure at Coventry. I think he might just get it this time i think yeah. I think, I think it, if he goes strong, and I think both both managers
2: will go relatively strong, should make for a cracking game, and I think he might just edge it. There's been a bit of a pa- pattern to our recent games and it's that we'll start off firing out of the blocks, be really dominant against uh, good championship teams and maybe go one 2 nil up. But then second half, we taper off and we sit back and absorb pressure. And I think if it follows that pattern, we can't take you lightly. I don't think we will, but I think you've enough to get at least on the score sheet against us. Um, to lead to some some nervy moments for us, Blades. But to be fair, I'm not about a cup run this year. Obviously, the tie when I saw it, it it sort of uh, appeared winnable, and it still does. To be fair, my concern is if we lose, does it affect our league form? So that's the only reason. That's the main reason I don't want to go out at this stage. To lose to to lose to Man City by a narrow margin won't affect us. Like like you're saying, really. If you if it's a glorious defeat for you guys you can sort of accept it and continue on and fully focus on the league form. If we lose to a non-league side, and that's all respect intended because you're you're doing superbly well, does that derail some of the lads' confidence? And Especially if we're playing a strong team with a lot of our first-teamers, does it little nuggets of doubt creep in? And that sounds ridiculous to say we're 13 points clear a third. Well, that's the blade's way. (laughs) That's how we think. Could it it be the start of our unravelling? So...
1: Yeah. I think it's a free hit because now now we're top. We want to stay there. So right. if we win, amazing, brilliant. We get we get a chance of an even bigger fish in the next round. If we don't, oh well, let's get back to concentrating on on because February, we've got eight games. We've got six, six of them at home. So it's it's relentless. So I think with that in mind, it's you know, it's a, it's a shot to nothing. So I think we're laughing either or but but yeah, yeah, James, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate Not it. It's been really interesting because you know, the outside looking in. Sometimes you just you can take your eye off the ball and you realize God, I haven't really dealt, dug deep into into the team for ages and. It'll be good to see to see uh, the red eye for Sheffield back in the top flight. That's for sure. Not so not either of Absolutely
2: right. You'll do oh, for me.
0: You say that to all the Sheffield <laughs> teams.
2: Yeah, well,
1: I like Sean Bean. I like Brian Dean, and I like Matty Dunn. What more
0: can be said? Hi everyone. We're here with Nathan Hemingham, who is the Sheffield United reporter at Yorkshire Live. Now, now, when a sort of lower league club takes on someone from higher up, you want that you want that club to be out of form. Nathan, the Blades are out of form, are they? Sadly,
3: uh, sadly for Wrexham, no. Uh, they're in absolutely superb form. Uh, one defeat in thirteen Championship matches, uh, and they've. You know they've got a real march on at the minute themselves, and Burnley at the top of the championship. Um, so, so yes, yeah, sadly for Wrexham, they're they're arriving um, in as good a shape as they've been all season, really.
0: Yeah, um, I'll, yeah, I'll let you into a secret. We're in pretty good form as well. We've of our last fifteen, we've we've won we've won twelve and drawn three. Um, so we ain't, we ain't lost in a while. But I tell you what, this is still a big a big ask for us. This is. I mean, what, what's changed from the start of the season? Because just it seems to sort of have skyrocketed. You've got like a, you've got a, a huge sort of uh, sort of uh, a huge, huge sort of gap between you and, and third place. Is it? as it? Has it seemed to click in the last couple of months? Well, it sort of clicked sort of towards the back end of last season. So you
3: you might remember Slavisa Kanavić was appointed last summer when the United yeah. came out of the Premier League, but. Uh, it was a difficult time for him. He, he didn't really get get to grips with with uh, you know there was a bit of a hangover from the Premier League relegation as well, and it'd been a difficult summer. And United were way off it uh, in sort of November time when he got the bullet and Paul Heckingbottom came in, who'd already had a little bit of an interim period when Chris Wilder had gone anyway the previous yeah. season. So Paul was be, had been at the academy and he'd been at the club for a couple of years, so he knew all he, he knew it and he got it. And he came in and, and United flew up the table from sixteenth when he took took over to fifth in the table and they lost out to to Forest in the playoffs. So what 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 sort of happened this season? It's just been a continuation of of what they've been doing as a management team and a football club and a group of players for sort of the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. They had a good preseason, um and that and you know, that like got that form from last year, the way that they ended the campaign and they brought that into this season and you know, it's just, it's just one of those same things where everybody knows what they're doing. The players know what they're doing. The management team, are, you know, they, they they've got a lot of experience there. They understand the football club. They get the football club. Um, you know, it was a really, really strong group of players anyway for this division, and yeah. and they just needed to sort of, you know, get back on track. And, and Paul's been able to do that. So you know, they they're just they're just doing really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at that table, they can't really let it slip from here, can they? They 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 look pretty odds on for for promotion, which leads me to my next question: How seriously are they taking the cup? Because obviously, the eyes has got to be on the main prize, but is this a bit of a free hit?
3: Well, it's funny you should say that because obviously, you know, you, you look at that gap to promotion, and you're you're thinking, you know, this is United and Burnley's to blow now, so. They, especially when United's had an injury crisis at this point of the season already, and they've come through it. So obviously, from Sheffield United fans' point of view, if they'd have gone to Millwall in the third round and subbed up and come out of it, uh, and were out in the third round, and 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 he'd, and he'd put the kids in or he'd put a squad squad out, and 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 they didn't get the result, there wouldn't have been a single complaint from United fans because obviously. You know the talk is: Do they need a cup run? Do they need any midweek fixtures now? When do they need to go from freeing up quite a few midweeks and then suddenly going to play three games in a week when you are, you know, chasing promotion? Do they need that? But but Paul did make changes for Millwall, but he didn't he didn't weaken the team. You have to understand that this is a team that's come out of the Premier League, so they've got a very good squad. And the one thing that Paul's got is he's got two players per position. So I think he made five or six changes for Millwall, a championship team away from home at the Den. Not an easy place to go for anybody. He made five changes and it was still a team that you looked at and thought, well, if this was a league game, you wouldn't have really had yeah. too much of an eyelid at that, um, at that team sheet. That's how strong the squad is. So unfortunately for you, which is not what you want to hear, I think Paul will make changes, but the players that are coming in are players that you would expect to see in the championship anyway. I don't think I don't think the changes are gonna be the kids and players who haven't played all season and all that sort of thing. I think it will be a very, very, very strong team still, even though there might be four or five changes in it.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: thanks
0: for nothing, Nathan.
3: Cheers <laughs> <laughs> for that. Um, hey, hey, don't 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 get too worried. You know, this is you know looking at looking at uh, looking at Wrexham. they have not lost at home. You know, they put four past Coventry. Coventry beat yeah. Sheffield United. You know, United don't United aren't coming on on Sunday to Wrexham thinking this is a given, thinking that they just have to turn up. You know, you, United are worried that this. You know, that they could go the same way as Coventry did, that there's a giant killing here. You know, the, the cameras are coming for a reason yeah. because they think there's a giant killing and so does Sheffield United. So they're under no illusions that they're going to have to be really on their game on Sunday to
0: avoid that. Yeah, you're right. You know, the BBC are sensing an upset and by the law of the schoolyard, if if we beat Coventry and you lost to Coventry, that makes us the best team, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's how it works, isn't it? So that does that make you favourites then? Is the pressure on you? Uh, yeah, why don't we do that? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the, uh, I'm getting Let's flip it, yeah. We're the underdogs, I mean, United are the underdogs, yeah? Uh, you're not the underdogs, I think. I can, I can remember a few times playing Sheffield United. You've never been the underdogs when it comes to, comes to, uh, to Wrexham. Um, Can you sort of go through who who could be your sort of biggest threats? And do you still sort of play in that Premier League way? And what I mean was, it was quite distinctive, wasn't it? You know, we had three centre-halves, they split. It was quite a fluid system. Has has Heckenbottom taken that on?
3: Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, when we spoke earlier about, you know, what Heckenbottom did when he came in, Slav (coughs) moved away from that to his own style. And, you know, when you've played like that for such a long time, and then had such a heavy season of defeats, like United had that second season, and you got a hangover. Yeah. It was just taking such a you know such a long time for, for for it to click in that Paul quickly came back and you know recognized what makes this team tick, and it and it's three at the back, it's aggressive front foot, getting people forward, you know uh, attacking the box. Um. And he, and he quickly did that and went back to that system and, you know, it's no coincidence that the players are just comfortable in that. So, what you will see is, you, you know, you, you will see three at the back. You will see defenders, you know, the, the outside centre-halves getting forward. Yeah. Um, you will see, um, expected to see two up top. Um, and you will see a team that will get commit bodies from midfield forward uh, and try and lead a bit of a high press. Uh, well, that's what they normally do. I don't know how West uh, how Wrexham play, so you know if yeah, so, yeah. you know United will look to try and press from the front and try and pin you back. Um, so Wrexham will have to try and get out of that press or go over it. Um So yeah, you, you know you will see a you, you know you will see a very attacking minded team. It's not a it's not a patient build up team it's not one of those teams that likes to keep possession for the sake of it no there's a purpose united will attack when they get the ball and they'll look to put you under pressure um as i know that Wrexham have done um you know that that's the way they that's the way they play isn't it they get balls into the box and try and and and, and you know and, and try and put you under so i, I think this will be i think this will be a fairly end to end game you know um There'll be a few players you might recognise, so I'm expecting Adam Davis, the Welsh goalkeeper who went to the World Cup. I'm expecting him to start, so he's the cover goalkeeper and he played in the last game. You've got Illiman and Jai, who is the most outstanding player outside of the Premier League. Um, He he needs a rest for me, and I think going to wreck some away in the FA Cup, it's a time to rest him. But they also have Oliver McBurney who's not fully fit yet because he's come back from injury. So I think in an ideal world they might want to rest and jive. but I've got a feeling that injuries and the lack of options up top might mean might mean he get he gets some game time there. So it'll be a very strong team. We're likely to see some of the Man City youngsters, Tommy Doyle and and James Mcatee. I can see them getting, uh, you know, getting some action. They've they've come back into the team recently and done really really well. So. Whoever he plays, it, it, it will be a very, very strong team still, even though it might contain five or six changes, as I, as I said earlier.
4: Given what you've said about this squad so far, I suspect I might already know the answer to this, but there are, any, are there any sort of weak areas in the squad? I sense not.
0: <laughs> Can they defend a the long throw? <laughs> uh, well, you know, um,
3: is, that, is that your big weapon?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't tell him. Really? You know what? The one thing they well, love, the one know. thing
3: they love is long throws. They, they love it. If I were you, I wouldn't do them. You know what I mean? They, oh, they eat and drink to that. Uh, eat and drink to that defense. Don't you worry about that. I wouldn't even bother with them. Uh, do you know what? They don't have. Unfortunately, they don't have have many weaknesses. Uh, <laughs> they're, just a well, they're
0: just a well-polished team at the minute um just going back back through the through the books a little bit how fondly is Mark Howard remembered uh at Bramall Lane
3: yeah I was I was thinking about that um I don't think he would ever be classed as a fan's favorite mm. I don't think he would ever be classed as not being I think he was just one of those players that you know uh didn't set the world alight, but didn't really do anything wrong, you know. Played over a hundred appearances for the club, um, mainly played under Nigel Clough in League One. Um, when they had, you know, when they did, um, he did really well to get to sort of the FA Cup semi-final and stuff like that. So, you know, he was, you know, he was, he, he was a player that he did did nothing wrong, uh, and. But it was a very difficult time where there was few fan favourites when they were six years in League One anyway. So you know, um,
0: oh, League it, One, we'd love League One, maybe. yeah, exactly, we'll yeah, exactly. We yeah. killed hey, for League One. The way it's going, you're not far away from there in a couple of years. Well, maybe. Uh, one thing, uh, you know what how, that resonates with us because Howard came in. Um, you know, he was a bit of a scapegoat at the start of the season, um, but you cannot argue with his clean sheet record. I mean, it's 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 second to none. He had a really he's, good game. Yeah, he's a steady, unspectacular
3: guy, isn't he? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like he, you know, he's not going to win you any games, but he, he didn't really cost United any games either, you know. So, you know, it was a steady Eddie
0: goalkeeper.
3: Um, yeah,
0: and he's, I think... he's he's winning us round. He's winning us round. I must yeah. admit, he was You've great. Got
3: blade. You've got another blade. in your team as well, haven't you? Uh,
0: go on, hit me with it. Callum McFadden. Oh, God, yes. He started with you guys,
3: didn't he? Yeah, so United youth team got to the FA Youth Cup final against Man U Mm. um, in a team that had... So in United's team was Harry Maguire and and a few of those big names. Um, The Sheffield United team, sorry, the original United. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Harry Maguire. So Callum was was in the youth team that, that Harry was in and George Long and a few others. And Callum scored in the final against Manu. And he also scored in the playoff semi final uh, under Danny Wilson, I think, in the leg that got United to the final against Huddersfield. Yeah. So he came through and he was one of those that sort of burst onto the scene, made a bit of an impact to start with, but he was there for four years and I think he only made a handful of appearances. The majority was loans. So. Again, you know, he was one of those that came through the ranks, but didn't quite cement himself in the in the first team. But um but yeah, and another former goalkeeper is your goalkeeping coach.
0: Oh yes, Hayden uh, Davison. Yeah, yeah. Well, so a few links then.
3: Um Yeah, because there's another link as well. United's goalkeeping coach was Phil Parkinson's keeper when they went to Wembley at Bradford. Matt Duke.
0: Matt Duke, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's, a few, not...
3: there is a few, there's a few connections uh, yeah. and I'm sure Juki and Parkinson will have a, I'll have a chat on the sideline.
0: Yeah. Um, last question from me, and it's probably the most important question. Do you remember Matty Dunn? Oh, yes, I do. I... The reason that is he's a cult hero for us because every time on our message board that we're linked with a player, we always ask the question, what's that Matty Dunn doing at the moment? He always seems like we always seem to be on the tip of bringing him back, but he obviously he's now retired. But how, how was he for you? Do, does he exist? Because we were, I don't think we've seen him for 15 years. Um, am i getting the right guy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matthew Dunn, Matthew or Doan, Doan, yeah. Dunne. Dunne.
4: Dunne,
3: yeah. yeah ah, Doan, yeah, 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 yeah. I liked him, I really liked him. Um, fast, uh, mm-hmm. we, don't, we all love a fast striker, don't we? Yeah. So he was—he uh, came in and I think it was—I think it was Clough or Danny Wilson who brought him in. And he had—he had—I think he had a period that he—he he did dec- he did well under under Wilder as well. But yeah, he was one of those that um, he was lightning. And when he was when he was on form, he was unplayable. But unfortunately, yeah. hence why he was with United in League One. He, you don't—you didn't have those days every week, but. Uh, I I really liked him, me. I like what he brought. I, I, I love a player with pace who gets in behind, and and he scored a few goals as well. So he he was decent, and he was. Uh, I liked him. I liked him a lot. So
0: did he end up at Wrexham then? No, he started with us. Oh, did he? Made a handful, and we always seem to be pinging, pining pining for him to return. Liam, any 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 reason why? Is it just one it, of those minutes? It
4: was a bit. It was a bit of a daft in joke. I think the actual joke was that we'd sent him out on loan and he never came back. <laughs> I don't know why. I st- I really <laughs> don't know why. But um, so everyone was always saying, "Oh, when we're going to recall him?" And yeah, I think it still goes on to this day. It might have died a bit it's of a day. It's hilarious, death, but... <laughs>
1: Nathan. Take it from us. It's absolutely
4: hilarious. <laughs> um, just rewinding back to um, sort of when the... Cup draw was made. Are uh, United fans quite up for this game? I couldn't imagine it's you know what, the most exciting I think they draw were
3: because I saw. Even though there is the potential, no one wants to be on the end of a giant killing. It, you know, let's be honest, without being disrespectful, they got Millwall away in the third round, which was a very, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? It was a very. Yeah. Uh, even though you're on the end potentially of a giant killing, and nobody wants that, going away to Wrexham who. Or you know, seen as a big team in the national league, you've got the owners there, yeah. um, and you've got you've you've got that intrigue around. Is it going to be a cup cup shock again? United have got something to, of interest there. They've got something to play for. It's not a it's not this is not a, a damp squid, is it? This is not a drab draw at all. This is a very very live game. This if United aren't careful, so they're going to be in for a real tough match. This. Uh, and I think United fans quite like the idea of the fact that this, if they're not careful, this is a banana skin. But I think quite a few fans wanted to go to that ground. It's, it's one of those where I, what I was seeing was the fact that this is a, a ground that we haven't ticked off. Um, you know, I think it was, it's, it's been a while since they've only played each other 10 times in their history. So yeah. this is one of those that for a few fans, they won't have, they won't have ticked this ground off. So, I think there's a lot of excitement around United fans going to Wrexham, just to see what it's about, and you know to see if they can avoid that that giant killing. And there's going to be a you know a real excitement, a lot of atmosphere around this venue, around this game, with the TV cameras there and the home fans expecting a, you know looking to make it difficult. So I think United fans were happy
4: with it. And um, in terms of the Hollywood sort of story, if you like, for want of a better way to describe it, have you followed um, followed that much?
3: A little bit of it, but not uh, not closely, if I'm being honest. But um, it, it's a really good one, isn't it? Uh, I, I like the idea. I, I'm, everybody's different, aren't they, in terms of how they like football? you know, Some people are obsessed with the Premier League and life doesn't exist outside the Premier League. We've had two years in the Premier League and the journey is a lot better than the destination, trust me, because you have to pay out hundreds and hundreds of millions for what 15th in the table, it's it's one of those leagues that everybody wants to get to, but then when you get there, you know, it's it's just a, a different world. So, I'm everybody's different and how they like their football. I'm that sort of romantic fan who loves who loves that sort of story. What's happening with Wrexham right now? You know, I love that I love somebody coming and breathing new life into a football club. Um, so I'm all over that and I'm all on board with that. So, yeah, um. I'm really like watching from afar, hoping, hoping that Wrexham can sort of climb the leagues and um, you know nothing silly, not you know not not you know do anything silly and and it and it'd be the worst thing that ever happened to him. But if they can climb the leagues and and come back into the EFL and come back into the football league and 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 the football clubs born again and and it, and it rises again, then you know that that would be absolutely brilliant. What a football
0: story that would be. Do you know what else would be a story, Nathan? Us to you on
3: Sunday. It certainly would be. It certainly <laughs> would be, right? I'm not. I'm not getting confident or anything. I'm going there wondering, you know, can they avoid it? You know, that's uh, that's that, that's what we're thinking here. There's no, there's no one thinking for one minute that uh, this is going to be a given. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can win and get into the fifth round, and because then all of a sudden you're two games away from Wembley, aren't you? So. While people say, Do you need a cup run and all that sort of stuff? They don't. But nineteen thirty six, I think the last time Sheffield United got into the FA Cup final, a whole generation of people have passed. So I'm one of those who still, no matter where you look you will get relegated and promoted however many times in your lifetime, you will all everybody will see a relegation and promotion. How many times will you see your team in an FA Cup final? So for me, I always loved the FA Cup. And no matter where they are in the league and what they're up against, I want a cup run. So I want United to win on on Sunday, even though I know it's going to be really difficult. So I'm hoping you don't get your cup. I'm hoping you don't get your cup giant killing because I, <laughs> I want to see United in the next round.
0: Nathan, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Good luck, guys. All the best. And,
3: uh, and if you get the win, then uh, we'll be rooting for you to go as far as you can. Uh, So, it'll be a good game, whatever happens. And if it's you that wins, good luck for the rest of the season and uh, good luck with the promotion.
0: Yeah, you too.